Welcome to the Vital Dawn podcast for Friday, June 5th. S&P futures are spiking. They're up about 28 points. That is 90 basis points. The major European indices are, tra- are trading even better. They're up about um, 1.4 to over 2%, depending on the index in focus. Asia finished higher across the board as well. So I feel like a lot, um, uh, you know, over the last several days, I've been coming on this podcast and saying there's really not a lot of news out this morning, but I really mean it today. There's really no incremental news out overnight. And I think that's the point. I think, you know, this market is 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 feeding off of momentum, chasing multiple expansion, et cetera, however you want to describe it. It is not a case of people coming in every morning responding to specific incremental pieces of information. Um, you know, until some piece of information intervenes in the narrative um, to really kind of dislodge the this momentum rally, um, you know, it seems like it's just going to continue. So all the major wires today, as far as why we're rallying, they're starting the ECB yesterday. The ECB news is about 24 hours old. Um, ECB also was really not terribly unexpected. They increased their bond buying program by 600 billion euros. She was expecting 500 billion. Um, they also lengthened some of the time that was largely expected too. They did not um, adopt an expansion of the purview to include kind of quote unquote fallen angel junk bonds. So that's a mild negative. Um, but you know, general clearly more stimulus. So stimulus is by far the biggest tailwind for this tape. A lot of wires are also citing the combination of monetary stimulus in Europe with fiscal stimulus. Now remember the fiscal stimulus news is extremely old as well, but, um, that is what's being cited. So, you know, headlines that were over, uh, you know, nearly a day old plus, are being cited for the rally today. If you look at Europe, um, the composition of the rally, there's a huge pro-cyclical value bias um, in trading. So autos, banks, energy are all up over 3%. Banks in particular have had a huge week up about um, you know 14 to 15% in Europe, depending on how things settle out today. Banks very much are you know the most popular group at the moment to play the cyclical value um, but, uh, trade. So you're seeing that in the US as well and in Europe. Travel leisure stocks are surging also. Um, now, remember the American Airlines update that was out Thursday morning that helped catalyze a huge squeeze in the US yesterday in a lot of those stocks, especially airlines and then um, aerospace names. And you're seeing that carry over to Europe this morning. So Carnival, IAG, EasyJet, Rolls Royce are all spiking higher today. Um, you know, again, I think if you kind of dissect that American Air update and what it actually was saying, what it actually means, you know, there's a lot of emphasis on sequential changes and linearity, which is great. And you are seeing a pickup, but the year on year declines are still quite enormous. Um, United Air had an update out last night on on its July schedule. Um, you know, I think it emphasized a little bit more the year on year changes. So it, too, is seeing, um, you know, a large sequential change and you know, improvement off of the lows from March and April. But on a year-on-year basis, you're still talking about enormous declines in capacity. But nevertheless, um, you know that clearly is not intervening in markets today. Um, you know, on to that pro-cyclical value trade. It's not really a rotation. Um, you know, you are seeing cyclical value enormously outperform growth momentum. But other than on Thursday, where you actually did see outright selling and growth momentum, you have not seen a real rotation. It's more just one rallying more than the other. So clearly, incremental money is going into these cyclical value groups, um, but you're not really seeing outright selling in growth momentum. And so it's hard to really call it a rotation, which is why the entire market is being dragged higher. If you did see a real rotation and people were actually to sell out of your Amazons, Facebooks, Microsoft, Googles, et cetera, on a sustained basis, it would probably be a net negative for the market given how those stocks dominate the index. Um, but like I said, you're really not seeing a um, a rotation. It's more just one outperforming the other. So 
like I said, there's really not much news today. A lot of, um, you know, a lot of analysis on the stimulus and the moves that were out yesterday morning in Europe. Um, you know, you had a couple of economic data. German factory orders for April were, were awful, um, but, you know, it's not really in- intervening in the market. You had a couple of earnings out in the U.S. last night. Avago is the big one. Um, in general, the numbers were solid. The guidance was solid. And management's tone on the call was quite bullish for most of its end markets. Um, there was one controversy about its wireless division, which is heavily exposed to Apple, where normally it would see a large sequential uptick in its current quarter, its July end quarter, um, but it is not going to see that. That will be delayed one quarter. So you can read into that, and a lot of people are reading into it, that the current iPhone schedule, so I, Apple always announces its new iPhone in September, um, that may be pushed out or delayed. The announcement is probably still going to arrive in September. The question is when it actually will hit the market and then the volumes it will hit the market at. Um, so all that's kind of up in the air. We've heard a lot of reports over the last several months that Apple is um, you know, certainly a little bit more circumspect than normal as far as when it wants to ramp volume for this iPhone launch, just given the uncertain economic environment. So we'll have to see how that plays out. I don't necessarily think it's negative. Vago was quite positive as far as the cycle occurring. It's just happening um, a quarter later than normal. Um, so that's kind of the one controversy out of Avago last night. Otherwise, like I said, the tone as far as most end markets was quite bullish. Um, the jobs report today, um, I don't necessarily think it's going to be a hugely important catalyst for the market. Um, you know, the the headline EP, the headline forecast is calling for um, it has not really moved a ton compared to what the ADP report showed on Wednesday. So I have a preview in the piece today, um, but like I said, I don't necessarily think there's a ton of focus um, on increment uh, on the numbers specifically. So long as it shows this trend again, a positive linearity improvement. You have seen economic data so far for the month of May um, come in and show large gains versus April, which is what a lot of people were anticipating. Um, and you'll and you'll probably see more of the same out of this jobs report, although it's not going to be as strong as ADP was. Um, otherwise, like I said, not much to talk about. The U.S. fiscal cliff, which I've been talking about a lot, um, no, that is going to be an issue. Again, I don't. This market is it has blinders on to a lot of things that are out on the horizon. Um, it's kind of looking two inches in front of itself, so it's not focused on this topic. But you do have this enormous fiscal cliff where the CARES Act payments, in particular have provided an enormous boost to consumers. Um, you've heard from myriad um, economists and then bank executives as well, talking about how for your average consumer that actually lost his job during this pandemic saw a pay increase given those CARES Act payments. So it's this very perverse atmosphere whereby consumers were better off financially despite losing their jobs. But a lot of those payments are going to be running off um, the federal unemployment benefits in particular expire at the end of July. There's a lot of debate about this fifth fiscal stimulus bill, how big it's going to be, when it's going to pass. Um, you know, you hear multiple reports talking about how McConnell and the White House want to keep it at a trillion dollars or less. And remember, Pelosi is asking for three and a half trillion. So there's a big gap in the bid ask there. And then the timing of it, there was another article overnight talking about how they may not even start to address it until the end of July. Um, meaning it's going to go right up to the wire given those payments expire at the end of July. So this is certainly an issue out there. Like I said, I don't think the markets care about it at the moment, um, but th- that fiscal cliff is certainly a, a very real um, risk for the tape. Um, like I already went over jobs today. Other than jobs, there's nothing on the calendar. Next week's calendar is very sparse as well. Um, you really only have the Fed. is probably going to be the biggest event. 
on Wednesday. This Fed meeting is expected to be uneventful, although you certainly could have Powell adopt a formal traditional QE program. So right now they're kind of in this open-ended process whereby they are, um, you know, announcing a weekly schedule of of treasury purchases. They've been, they've been, um, Moving that purchase amount lower every week, it's it's creating somewhat of mixed signals and confusing messaging. So there's been a lot of anticipation and a lot of uh, Fed officials have hinted at just a more traditional formal QE program, which will be needed anyway, just you know, given that the Fed has to monetize a lot of the increased treasury issuance that's going to be coming over the next few months. So that isn't the Fed is not expected to adopt that f- um, until later in this year, although you you know you could see it occur next week on on Wednesday. That's the Fed meeting. Um, but like I said, I think the absence of news, the absence of catalyst is almost helping to feed the rally. So it's not so much we're responding to news. It's more just the absence of, of anything to dislodge this rally. So that is everything for today. I put out the uh, latest bull versus bear conversation. My views on the tape are still the same. Um, you know, I, I appreciate the, I underappreciated the enormity of, um, of I think the multiple expansion and just the momentum on the upside and and how the response to stimulus would be, um, but I continue to think that you know the market is is dramatically overbought at these levels. Um, it's pricing in not just a V shaped recovery, but it's pricing in an economy almost better than what existed before the crisis, which strikes me as being um, you know very very difficult to envision. So that's everything for today. Thank you for listening.